Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, my friends. Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. I'm Matt Browning. I'm here with a guest this week named Ash Kumra. So, so excited for this week. I hope you're doing great wherever you are on the way listening to this show. If you're in the car, listening on the radio, great station. You tuned into the right place. Keep on listening, but also make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, wherever you can get podcasts because you can get the show on demand, download it to your phone as well. So let's get on with our guest this week, Ash Kumra's meditation coach a global speaker and a business radio host. And he hails from Orange County, California, same as I have for so many years. He's interviewed over 500 luminaries, including people you may have heard of like Dr. Oz or Bedros Koulian, the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, Dr. Drew, and hundreds of successful entrepreneurs. I just caught uh, his interview with David Meltzer, who I actually just spoke with today, has a phenomenal podcast and a huge name out in sports and entertainment. Uh, his media credits include Sony, Forbes, Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur Magazine, Ash's passion about helping business professionals and entrepreneurs with meditation and mindfulness. He was actually awarded the Impact 100 Award from the White House, has spoken there two times, and afterwards has also worked with Steve Case and the White House-backed uh, Startup America to help launch entrepreneurship programs all across California. Man, how exciting. Ash, how are you, my friend? Hey, man. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for uh, including me in your amazing uh, podcast and radio projects and all the stuff you're trying to do to help the world. Dude, we're, we're getting it together. I love that. Um, and you have your new book out as well. We're going to talk about that. Your new book, The Mindful Hustler. Uh, I was complimenting you on the title. It's not easy to find, as I said, uh, a name that's clever, but also has that dichotomy of like the mindful hustler. And, and talk about you know entrepreneurship and mindfulness and meditation all together. Did you grow up as an entrepreneur as a kid? Were, did you, were you a lemonade stand hustler kind of a kid? Or did you go into career kind of thought? What was your childhood like? And how, yeah, what were you like as a kid? Yeah, well, um, I have to, you know, start with a moment of gratitude. Uh, amazing parents, um, you know, we all say people who have good relationships with their parents will say they had the best parents. So I'd go, I have a good relationship with them. So I'll say I have the best parents, you know, um, they allowed me to just pursue different talents and options and never said no for me to try out things. I wasn't a lemonade stand kid as you and I have probably heard from like different types of entrepreneurs like Mark Cuban, Gary Vaynerchuk. I was, I've always been more of a creator where even why I'm an entrepreneur now, which happened to me like right after college, it was just because I like to create things and I just wanted to see things that I felt can help people come to fruition. I wasn't as developed as I am now when I say that clearly, but the, the same commonality of when I was in the beginning stages of my life to where I am now, it's been that I just like to create things and see them come live. And um, the best way to do that is by being an entrepreneur, builder, et cetera. What sorts of things would you create? Like what were, what were some of the earliest memories of going, you know, I just made something. Was it art? Was it music? Was it inventions? It was How always- to figure that out? Yeah, it's always been media. So I, I, um, it's interesting you said, uh, I, I've always seen myself as a 
just a more of a purpose-driven communicator than anything. Whether I was in high school or junior high or college, I always was naturally good at debating and speech and things of that sort. I never had a vocational coach or didn't even study journalism and media in college per se, but I've always felt that my, my gift was communications. And so everything that I've really been working on has to do with communications and media. Um, my first kind of entrepreneur endeavor was like in college when I did a business plan competition right out, right when I was about to graduate, I created this like college nationwide magazine called society. I mean, it was such a generic name, but, um, that kind of made me realize that like the power of media and communications is like the areas of entrepreneurship that I'm really excited about. So, so going into college, what did you go to college for? Did you have an idea or a career in mind or did you just figure, Hey, that's my next step because mom and dad said, that's what you do. What what was the thought before entrepreneurship? Yeah, I I actually studied uh, computer science and business. And um, one was my dad got me into technology and computers at a very early age. I think also watching shows with him like Star Trek made such an impact on me. It's so interesting now because like, there's, it's like cool to like sci-fi now, but back then like Star Trek was such a like, you know, niche show. And even if you look at Star Wars, you look at a lot of these uh, blockbuster movies, they're all driven by like science and technology in some way. And so I think um, I just got hooked onto technology. So I wanted to do computer science, but I'm glad my dad also pressured me to do it too. Why it's important is because when you understand technology and systems, it helps you map out like and most types of businesses you want to create because most businesses outside of mom and pop retail are driven by technology to a certain degree, whether it's an app, whether it's a website, whether it's a e-commerce or whether it's a, even if you're doing a book, you have to understand the technology platforms because most, most stuff sell on Amazon, Audible, et cetera. So I was planning to do stuff in computer science and, and uh, business kind of correlation, but Again, the last, I, I kind of got into three things happening. One is I read this book called uh, Losing Your Virginity by Richard Branson. And there's yep, nothing yep. rated R rated about that. T- the title might sound funny, but there's nothing like raunchy about that book. So anyone should read that book. <laughs> um, 100%. I mean, I think we should know the virgin group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, a business plan competition that I did. Um, I didn't even know what a business plan was. But I was like 22, 23 at the time. And I just love the idea of like, oh, wow, I've always had these ideas. We want to do stuff. But yeah, I can do a business plan and maybe go into fruition, win some money and do it. And I don't know, after that, I didn't want to do the traditional real world type jobs. After college, I did consulting and stuff because I knew I wanted to do something in entrepreneur space, but I just didn't want to commit to some type of job where it would take away that creativity side of me. What kind of business plan did you make for the project? What was it on? God, it was so bad. It was, it was on the magazine society. I mean, I don't mean bad. Everything's a learning experience, but <laughs> on the standards, it was, it, it was definitely a first version. It was like this gargantuous 60 page business plan. But the one good thing that I got out of the business plan, and they even said this, because I think I got one second or third, is I stacked my team. Like I knew how to build teams even back then. Like I knew how to like, and I think that kind of helped with, I think my technology kind of understanding helped because in technology we do, there's a lot of like diagrams and this has a purpose, this and that. And so I was always like, okay, if I'm going to do this role, this person would do this, this, this. And I just knew how to like, so I came to my pitch meeting with like two, like 15 people. And they were just like, well, how do you have 15 people who are volunteering their time? I mean, both mentors and people who'd want to be a part of it if we took this to fruition. But I just knew how to sell the vision really well, I guess. I, I think that's a that's a, a skill that 
to me gets underestimated a lot. You know, like, so you and I, like we go out, we, we speak, I'm primarily a, a speaker, a coach, a consultant, and man, all the time I'm out there, like basically selling me and, you know, someone's, oh, I want to do what you do, or I want to do a version of that. You know, I want to be a coach or I want to, I want to write a book or I want to put a workshop on it, you know, whatever it is. And I, I realized the, the archetype, right? Like, who do you have to be? I'm like, well, you got to be a teacher. You have to be a salesperson. You have to be a communicator. You got to be a leader. You have to, you know, be a therapist in a way. You have to, you have to have all these different hats on. But I think the sales one is the one that probably gets lost the most. You know, we, we get um, excited, you know, about, about the vision, about what we want to achieve, what we want to create. But it's easy to think that someone else is going to sell it for you. What would you tell somebody that, that doesn't like sales, but they love the idea or the concept of quote, being an entrepreneur? I think it has to do with um, selling to me now is all about finding a problem and how you feel you can solve it. And so when you know how to communicate like that, it doesn't even come off as sales. It can be to others as passion or they really drink their own Kool-Aid or they really believe in it. But it's because we generally believe that what we're presenting to you is solving a problem. And when you can relate it to something you've personally dealt with, then it's sound. Then it's even easier to sell it. So to you, sales has evolved. It's not so much sales because you yeah. know I, I think it is. It's like an old idea almost. You know, oh, you got to be in sales. You got to because what what does it really mean to sell? At the end of the day, though, it's still someone has to make that moment of decision where they say, "Yes, I'm going to yep. give you this money, and I want to get this widget or service from you. I'm going to make that decision." And I think that decision moment can be scary for some people. Um, but you know, I guess we're both here to say like, it doesn't have to be scary. It can be easy. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, like you gotta, you gotta be able to do that. You know, I, I was interviewing a good friend of mine, Ruben Gonzalez is a four-time Olympian and he, he's a motivational speaker and he was a copier salesman. And one day he woke up and was like, you know, if I can sell a copier, I could sell a Ruben. And that's his story. And he decided to start selling himself basically <laughs> in, in the, uh, in the process. When you got further into your entrepreneurship journey, you also founded uh, or co-founded a company called Youngry for millennials, women, and inclusive entrepreneurs. Tell me a little bit about the the vision for where Youngry came from, and why why that vision over anything else. Yeah, um, so Youngry Youngry has been an amazing journey. Um, essentially when I look at my own life and um, many entrepreneurs that I've been fortunate to interview and profile with my radio show and other media engagements, I noticed that a lot of people felt they didn't have mentors or they didn't have guides. Like they were like me in the early days where they were just reading like losing my virginity kind of books or high level meeting mentors at events. But they're always this guard, I guess you could say not guard, physical guard, but like this guard of like, Oh, it's an event. They don't have much time or they, it's just hard to like connect on an, an informal, authentic, personal way. And so uh, we set on a mission to kind of help amplify mentorship with, um, with, I think some of the most important groups of our time, which is like this millennial generation or the inclusive groups, inclusive, anyone who feels that they're a part of some inclusivity type of group, we're like, look, we're all together. We're all in this. We're all entrepreneurs. And so Younger's Genesis has always been to do that. Um, the business has evolved a, a couple of times, as they would say in the lean startup terminology pivot, I guess you could say. Um, we wanted to be a more of a content platform initially. 
we realized that wasn't really what we're really passionate about, or we didn't really see the problem we're solving. So now we've turned it into a mentorship kind of platform where um, later this year, if not winter, we're unveiling a video on demand mentorship app, which is going to help amplify informal mentorship. And we're starting a cool new conference series, which um, I'm excited to share in the next few months. Oh, that's exciting. And I, lo- I love where the, the idea comes from uh, on your website. It says young in spirit, hungry in ambition, youngry. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, very, very cool. And so yeah, ch- check it out at uh, ashkumra.com. You can see a bunch of uh, just, it's like cool things you're, you're involved in and into. Um, tell me about breaking into, let me rephrase that. I was going to say breaking into the White House. That's probably, that could get us all arrested. Um, <laughs> tell, <laughs> are you listening? Tell me about um, getting to speak at the White House and how, you know, laying out an entrepreneurship program uh, backed by the White House. Like, how did that come about? What was, did they come to you? You went to someone. How did that start? Uh, what's the story behind that and and what came from it? Yeah. Um, so before I tell you about it, the moral of what I'm about to share is when you do good work, um, good things come back to you. So I was, this was uh, a while back, I was launching a, another business prior to Youngry, even prior to my radio stuff, where I was helping um, showcase independent filmmakers from abroad, showcasing them on digital platforms helping them, you know, with events and digital distribution. Just, I was just always passionate about content and cinema and things of that sort. Um, I even produced one or two like kind of indie films and, you know, I just got really into all that, but I was helping a lot of like rising stars. And so um, the white house at the time was looking for this, uh, was looking for like a hundred entrepreneurs that were 30 under 30 that were making an impact um, kind of spreading the American dream just to be very kind of how they said it at least. And so I, was nominated, I believe, because I was just doing good job, good work. And one of my friends, friends who was involved with the voting committees and stuff nominated me. And yeah, the, the going to the White House the first time was surreal. It was just like, I got to do a speech on whitehouse.gov. There's still an archive of it. I mean, I said the cheesy quote at the end, like the JFK quote, you know, the people, you I, know, I watched, yeah, I watched your speech. So funny, um, but I, but it's, but it's, Look, how else do you, I mean, th- this is your chance, right? You're at the white house speaking. How else do you end it? But I know. that's not what you can, <laughs> your country can do for you. Yeah, so good, true. man. But, but, um, to answer your follow-up question about the startup America, which is the program, they also wanted to ask us, Hey, are any of us interested in like, you know, spreading entrepreneurship in like, in from a non-political, like public private partnership type of endeavor. And so at the time, um, billionaire Steve Case was really involved with this organization and the White House. And it was like blessed by the president Obama at the time. Like he wrote like some, some documentation on it. And there's, you know, he was just supporting it with, you know, with that, however he and the White House can, they created this group. And I just went head on. I just loved it. I was like, it was like we we set up these events that helped showcase tools to help entrepreneurs, both from the government, both from private partnerships. And um, God, I, I learned everything I can know of, of grassroots community building. We were like going to all these businesses and organizations across California, spreading this mission. It was a, such a fun experience. It's taught me so much about building communities and why why tribes and communities are so important. Speaking of tribes and communities, you're obviously with a huge passion and heart for digital platforms, uh, content distribution, everything you said from, you know, from indie movies to, uh, to the mentorship program with Young Green and everything. 
how how do you see building community when you're not live in person? Because when I think grassroots, I think, you know, kind of old school and you're, you're door knocking, you're meeting up, you're, you know, communities. And certainly there's a ton of community you can do virtually. Do you have a take on that? And if so, how do you build it effectively uh, from your pers- perspective? perspective? Yeah, you know, the thing I would say is um, when you have a community, it's really about a common mission or theme. Um, Even with Startup America, like I was part of this California group and we were interacting with like entrepreneurs and high growth professionals and businesses all across the state of California. Yet I was in like Orange County and LA for the most part. I think the way we glued together was that common mission and vision. I think the other thing you need to do too is you need to have a very clear communication system. Like some groups, you're used to getting it over email. Some groups is through social. There's a group that I love to use that kind of, I think answers your question. I hopefully thinks it, hopefully think it does. I'm a member of this one group called YEC. It's called the Young Entrepreneur Council. It's like a, kind of like a, like a who's who of entrepreneurs across the country. It generally it's like 30, late twenties to early forties. It's, it's millennial focused. And the whole group for day-to-day communications uses Facebook. There's a Facebook group. And that's it. 1500 people in this group. Not all of us are on the board talking to each other, but like every day, if I wanted to spend good one to two hours every day, like productive communications and messaging and hearing about opportunities, seeing how I can connect with like-minded people, I could just be on this board. It's so crazy. Cause like when we do meet in person, cause they, they do amazing events like quarterly events, like at South by and all these other major events that are a lot of entrepreneurs like hang out. It's so cool to see this guy or girl in person. Cause you're like, Oh my God, like, so finally nice to meet you. I'm used to seeing your posts. You know what I mean? It's so like, so I don't you know. You really have known each other for quite a long time. Yeah. Like I know some people on that. Like, I have one or two people on that group. that are advisors to Youngry, and I've only met them once in real life, but I've just learned so much from their wisdom from phone conversations and Facebook messaging and resources, et cetera. It's so crazy, but um, yeah. So, th- so that is a great example of everyone's just aligned because YEC is just about building up our own entrepreneur journeys, helping other people, giving back, et cetera. And that's, that's a, that's pretty much a digital most, most group. I mean, the events are great, but without that Facebook group being the spoke, the group would not be anything stellar. It would just be another meetup group in my opinion. Right. And so, so the difference is, is getting people to interact that way. I, I want to ask you, you know, you have uh, talked about a new book that's going to be coming out as well. Yeah. And, and some of the, you know, just what, what you're up to even more so today in between all the entrepreneurship, there's always something in your, in your bio, something in, in your interviews, mindfulness and meditation keeps coming up. Biggest question for me is as important as it is, because I'm huge in mindfulness uh, and personal development, and that's where I got my start. Were you, I mean, were you kind of like a, a, a meditation guy, a mindfulness guy, and then you broke into entrepreneurship? Or were you like running down this business track, and then one day a yogi got a hold of you and said, hey, stop and meditate? Is there a story to that? Um, how did you get introduced to it? And how, how does that inter- interplay in business for you? Yeah, so um, the short answer is, I think, um, like many entrepreneurs I've encountered with, um, of all stages, doesn't matter if you're solo or you're big or you're small. Um, I got a, I felt a level of fatigue and burnout. Um, because 
I, I, it was interesting. Like I was giving so much to the world and to the communities that I was serving, but I felt depleted inside. I guess I gave too much energy and I, but I was always under, I always understood the basic idea of what mindfulness is, which is like centering with yourself and connecting with yourself and trying to be more aware of your decisions. And so I asked myself like, okay, how do I like tap into mindfulness during my business journey? I've always done it on a personal level. Like I've always read about meditation. I've done mindfulness training. I've I've studied Reiki and all these things, but on a personal level, I was like, how do I take this to the business level? And like, I just started to like, just self-study, learn from various people. And I realized, wow, like this is my real calling. Like everything I've done in my life has led to this mindfulness and meditation, peak performance kind of stuff that like, I love talking about now. And so I've, since 2019, um, I've made a commitment where 50% and upwards of my week is now spent on creating content and doing speed talks and media around mindfulness and meditation for the professional world. And probably, the, probably by the end of this year, I'm going to be like 100% all in. Like everything I'm going to be doing is in, be in those arenas. So 50% at this point. Yeah. Even Man, more. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It takes up a, it doesn't even feel like a lot because I'm just so in love with what I'm doing and I love the work that I'm doing and the impact I'm making. Um, yeah. How's the response of like of your current climate? So I have a kind of a reverse story where I start off very, um, you know, meditation, very personal growth. And then I've moved more into the branches of, you know, more about entrepreneurship. I've always been an entrepreneur since 22. Um, but I really started teaching in that area more. And I almost found, you know, it's like I have this tribe that's built around what they expect from me, right? Content for me. How have you experienced when you do you bring in that new content, so to speak, to the existing tribes and community that you've built? Um, and do they love that? Is it kind of funky? Do you find yourself building almost a new tribe and you have your old tribe? What's that been like, just from a super transparent you know, perspective? Yeah, no, it's been pretty, it's been, um, it's been flowing well, which is why I'm so in love with this. Um, I think um, you said it best, okay? You were like, look, Lately, you've been doing content around meditation and mindfulness. When I tell people who are high, I've met from the young world or the hardcore entrepreneurship world, and they're like, what are you really spending your time on right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm launching this content series on mindfulness and meditation. And the first thing is like, oh, yeah, that's so you because you're <laughs> that's so you. and your conversations are always around that. So it's sort of a, you know, they say that you should align, you should do something that aligns with what you are authentically. Like what I'm now doing is aligned with me more authentically than a lot of things. Um, and I'm not digressing or dissing the past or everything. I honestly believe everything that you do leads to that amazing moment, whatever that is. And a lot of my journey with Youngry and the Startup America and, you know, um, my radio show, um, the conversations I've had, and even the, my communication style and the the way the kind of mentorship I gave people myself or I've wanted for myself has been tied to which is my, my focus right now, which is really this whole uh, mindfulness for business kind of uh, sector, which is I'm really passionate about. Outstanding. Well, Ash, um, as we're coming kind of winding down in our time together, um, what's something that if you know, with, with what you're working on now and you know the new book coming out, tell me a little about the the concept of the book. I feel like it's you know, bridging that gap between, again, um, entrepreneurship and hustle and, you know, the mindful hustler yeah. and being able to bring in mindfulness and meditation. Um, I know you're very excited about that. I am too. I cannot wait to get, uh, to get a copy of it. Um, tell me kind of maybe your favorite part of, of what's in there and what we're wanting to get out of it. 
Yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, so I, I have uh, an audiobook which I'm launching um, sometime in June is the plan right now. And it's called The Mindful Hustler. And basically, I just believe that um, mindfulness is beyond just the personal worlds that you reside in. I think many of us, at least for my, I'll just use myself, we spend probably as much t- more time than our personal time during the week at work or doing our work whether it's this doing this interview or at the office or speaking or traveling for work or collaborating, et cetera, et cetera, you're spending often more time at your work than at home. I mean, you're at home, you know, in the morning and the evenings and you sleep, but, um, but, 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 you know, you spend a lot of time at work. And so what I feel is that if you take the concept of mindfulness to enhance your work productivity, to become better at what you do, to just really own your day in a authentic, natural way, then um, I think everyone wins because you'll feel better when you get home. You'll, um, you'll do better output for your work. And so this concept of how to be a mindful hustler is kind of was a Genesis that resides on what I just said. So the book guys is the mindful hustler an audio book, uh, should be available by the time this episode drops for you. So check that out. It's in the show notes, a link to get it. Um, Ash, man, it's been really, uh, really a blessing getting to know you a little bit and exciting uh, to, I'm sure we'll be able to spend some time together in Orange County. I'm out there usually once a month or so, at least putting on events and everything. Um, love to, to maybe even get you to one of our live events sometime. That'd be really cool. Final question, and I'll let you get going. If you could change anything on this whole journey, this entrepreneur journey, mindfulness journey you've been on, what would you change? Or would you leave it all the same, quite literally? You know, I'm always conflicted with that question because there's a side of me that says, oh, if I made certain decisions faster than later, maybe my life might be different. But right. at the same time, I go back to that same idea where everything I've done in my life has led to this moment. So in a way, I'd have to say, um, just keep living this life. Keep living the life, man. And you can keep living your life too with the Mindful Hustler audiobook. Follow Ash uh, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all over the place at Ash Kumra. Uh, you can go to ashkumra.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. I appreciate it. Looking forward to connecting soon. Thanks, man. I appreciate the interview and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks. That's the show for this week. Make sure you subscribe on digital platforms on YouTube, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you get digital stuff. If you listen to this in the car, remember, you can get this onto your phone, your smartphone, your tablet, the device of your choosing free twice a week, every week. Otherwise, I will see you in just a few days. As usual, get out there and crush it. 